When the storms of life are raging, stand by me. Stand by me. When the storms of life are raging, stand by me. Stand by me. When the world is tossing me like a ship out on the sea, thou who rollest wind and water, stand by me. Stand by me. When I'm growing. Hold and feeble, stand by me, stand by me. When I'm growing old and feeble, stand by me. his wife. He's a believer, a Christian then. And it's just been about a year. And as I'm collecting money and talking to him and just kind of just having a conversation, he's almost in tears and I see the pain and the hurt. He says, I miss her so. I miss her so. And he's looking, we're looking eye to eye. As I'm walking out, I'm thinking of this song that Lord just pressed. Isn't it a privilege? Lord, when I need help, stand by me. When I'm old and feeble, Hold, stand by me. In all things, stand by me. Isn't it a great privilege? I, we can call on God Almighty that hears our cries and our woes and our cares. Stand by me. Thank you, Jesus. Praise His holy, holy name. Praise God. When the storms of life are raging, Stand by me, praise Stand by me. When the storms of life are raging, 
Stand by me. Stand by me. When the world is touching me like a sheep out of the sea. You remain in control 
text as he started to read and he opened up my blinded eyes and now I can't see since I got the victory brother I found it out it's so good on the inside that the outside has to shout since I got my one two fix I'm happy I'm glad I got under the spout where the glory
say, I know so many times this song, it feels like they've secularized it and tried to make it say things that it doesn't say. But I want to tell you what this song says. And it's so, it ministers to me so much that when the enemy comes into my mind and he tries to tell me that I'm not good enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'll never be loved, my life will never change, there's no hope, there's no plan. I choose to believe what he says because he says otherwise and he is the voice of truth. I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know. Ooh, oh, you say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. And you say I am strong when I think I am weak. And you say You say I am loved when I 
morning around the throne they're singing holy 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 who was who is and who is to come that's who he is this morning my dad told the kids once that jesus is holy and the way you can remember holy is that he took the holes for you so that you don't have to have holes jesus fills us up this morning and right before betty sang i thought god sometimes you know, we come in heavy. I don't want to be heavy in the presence of Jesus. I want to, he's the lifter of my soul and the lifter of my head, and he lifts us up in spite of things, so we should lift up his name. Lost are saved, find their way at the sound of your great name, all condemned. Feel no shame at the sound of your great name. Every fear, it has no place at the sound of your great name. The enemy, he has to
we worship the name of Jesus. No higher name than Jesus. We bow before you, Jesus. Jesus. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain for us. Son of God and man, you are high and lifted up. That all the world will praise your great name. Sing that with me one more time. Just praise him this morning. Jesus, worthy is the Lamb that was slain for us. Son of God and man, you are high and lifted up. That all the world will praise your great God, we thank you for the offering today. Appreciate the singing today and appreciate the music today. And I appreciate Leslie being up here. He filled in last Sunday night and had to fill in this morning. So, But he sounds beautiful up there. And he looks beautiful. <laughs> Got that, he's got that spiritual grin on his face. Praise God. No, I love him. We had a beautiful service last Sunday night, and and I know we've got some people that's out of town. Chris is out of town, and uh, DJ and Bondi. Appreciate them. And I praise God for Ethel being here today. She's been through a lot. Enemy has fought her and tried to take her and not let her come back, but she's back. I praise God for that. Uh, thank
thank God for that. Also, looked forward to seeing Jim today, but he wouldn't, he couldn't make it today. So, uh, Steve Ratcliffe's father, father-in-law and mother-in-law, they weren't here today, and he's doing a lot better, is what I understand. So, just pray for him. Pray for those that are sick, Becky, and different ones. But God has been good, and the Spirit of God is here, and the Spirit of of grace and mercy is upon our lives. And I thank God that we can come to the house of God still. I don't know what it's like to live in Russia or other places. I don't really know what it's like to not have the freedom that we have in this land. But I know this, don't wait till you hear, till you see it firsthand. Take advantage of the freedom that God has given you, not just this nation because God gave us this nation, but take the freedom that God has given you inside and begin and serve him and stir your heart to witness for him. Because I can tell you, God knows how to keep his own. And I praise God for this. I want you to, uh, if you've got your Bible, you can turn to Matthew 25 if you'd like. I'm going to talk to you a minute about something God put on my heart last week. And, uh, kind of got caught up in it and I'm I began to uh, study it the more I study it the bigger it got the greater it got the more it meant to my heart the more it began to like Connie said this morning to swell up inside of you and I got to wherever where I read I just get I would get to almost crying thinking about what God was saying and I want you to hear this because this is for the church this message, I believe, is for the church today. And I think it's something that God, and God begins just like last week, talking about waiting upon the Lord. We should wait upon the Lord for all things. But this week, I want to talk to you about who God's looking for to use in this world. And I want you to think about it because God didn't save you to sit in a corner and do nothing. God has saved every one of us, and he has a call for your life. It may be, the be uh, if you can read the uh, 31st chapter of, of Proverbs, you'll find that it talks about what a great woman it is. And I advise you women to read that, because I can tell you right now, it's hard to live up to. It talks about a beautiful woman that, uh, that took care of her household, took care of her husband, took care of her children, and she was very well honored. And I thought to myself, what a godly woman that was written about. And I'm not just talking about women. Men the same way. We are to be children of God. We are to be what God says, not what we think is good. God knows what you're to be. God knows how. And when he saves you, he saves you and calls you to be that person. And I don't think God saved me. I don't think God had me born to be just anything I decide that I think I'm good at or I think I want to be. You know what? i got to follow what God's saying. And i got to find where God is. And he's got to find in me where he can use me. I, I know many people that are very talented. You know, there's ball players that are very talented that never made it to the majors. You know why? They didn't have the right heart. They didn't have the right attitude. They didn't have the right dedication. There's something in them that, uh, that keeps them from being able to get there. And I can tell you right now, you may think you're called to do a lot of things, but God knows how he wants to use you. And I got to tell you, you know what? Sometimes it ain't what you think. Sometimes God 
pushes me through the door, Randy. And when I get there, I'm thinking, Lord, what am I doing here? I'm so outclassed. I'm so outnumbered. I'm so outdated. I'm so out this or whatever. And you know what I find out? After I get there, God opened that door and pushed me there because he wants to use me there. He ain't, it ain't about what I think about me. It ain't what anybody else thinks about me. It's what they think about the God in me. And I want to tell you, that's your life. You can waste it, spending it all on yourself. But God is trying to get a hold of us. And I'll tell you one thing he is, he is, God has put on my mind this week. He put on my mind faithfulness. And I want to tell you something, other. You can be good at anything you want to, but if you're not faithful, God can't use you. They used to talk about ability, and then they talk about availability. If you're never available, guess what? I don't care how good you think you are at it, you're no good to God. Excuse me. I'm talking to myself, too. You know what? You have to walk through the doors that God opens up. You have to get into the plan that God has for you. And when you get there and you see what God's doing, even if you know you fall way short of it, guess what God says? Walk there faithful. How many knows what I just said? I don't care what you think of what you, how good you are. Maybe somebody else is a whole lot better at it. But I want you to know something. If God tells you to do something, if it's play a guitar, if it's sing, if it's be a witness wherever you're at, guess what I know God's telling you to, and what he's looking for today. He's looking for a faithful person. Not a notch in your belt. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, I did that. God's not in, uh, trying to build you up and make you look good. He'll, he'll glorify himself through you. I don't know why I'm saying I'm not hollering at nobody, but the truth is God put that on me. He's telling me, you be faithful. Don't worry about what nobody else says about you. Don't worry about what they think of you. Don't worry about what the devil tells you. You be faithful to me. What I told you to do, you do it. Praise God. I don't care. You can look at pastors. You can look at ministers. You can look at other people and say, well, they ought to be faithful to what they do. Well, so do you, Christian. You have a faithful walk with God. Or else, guess what? God knows what's wrong in you. And he's working on a faithful people. And I know that's the message for this week. I know that's what God's saying to me. Just like I know what God was saying last week about waiting on the Lord. He's also telling us, be faithful. That could be my message. I could drop it right here and you'd probably be happy. But I could drop it right here. But the truth is, that's the message. God is looking for the faithful. And you'll find out when I get through here that he found some faithful people throughout the Bible. And you're going to recognize them. But in Matthew 25, I want you to hear this. For the, it says in verse 14, For the kingdom of heaven is, a man, is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. Every man, listen to this, according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Now, when he talks about your several ability, let me tell you this. It ain't what you think your ability is. It's what he knows your ability is. And let me tell you something else. God won't tell you to do something that he won't equip you to do it. There's our problem. See, we have to have our faith in who we're talking about. 
and who we serve. If you've got your faith lined up with him, guess what? If he tells me to do something, I don't care if it don't look right at all. I don't care if everybody else thinks I'm a nut, you know? I got to do what God tells me to do. And if I do what God tells me to do, guess what? God will take care of the increase of it. Okay? So it's not your ability. It's what he sees that he wants to do in you. There's another place in 1 Corinthians 1.26 says, For ye, for ye see, Paul said, your calling, brethren, how that not many wise, not of the, after the flesh, not many mighty, and not many noble are called. How I many hears that? If you're, if you're going by how wise you are, you're going to fall short. Because not many, not many wise are called. And not many mighty and not many noble are called. He didn't come and call the Pharisees and Sadducees. He tried to. He tried to reach out to them, but they were too big in their self. To humble their self before the Son of the living God. How many hears what I'm saying? You can't get it in your mind that it's you. God will give Look down at verse 20 of Matthew 25. He just said, And so he that had received five talents, this is after the, uh, uh, the man traveling, he came back, and he wants to see what they've done with what he gave them. One he gave five, one he gave two, and one he gave one. Okay, you've heard this story. But it says, So that, so that he that had the five came and brought the other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, listen to this, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Now, we all talk, all of us Christians want to hear those words, don't we? Don't you want to hear him say, when you walk through that door to eternity, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. He ain't going to say, Well done, you good boy, you. No, he's going to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You have to understand, God's looking for faithful people. And this man was faithful. He was given five talents. You know what? Not everybody gets five talents. Everybody gets what God gave them. But he was given five talents, and what he did with it is went out and he invested in five and came back with five more. So he had ten. And the other one had two, and he come back with two more, added to it, now he had four. And God said the same thing to him. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You had two, now you have four. But the other one went and hid it. He's still Christian or supposedly given by God and set in a corner and did nothing with what God had him. Excuse me, but that's what he's doing. He's doing nothing with it. Now I want you to look down at verse 29. And unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have an abundance. But him, but from him that hath not shall be taken away every, even that which he has. So that one sitting in the corner, guess what? He's going to lose the very one talent that he got. Which tells me, because I want you to hear the next verse, because it tells what happened to this guy. It says, and cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, and there should be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I want to tell you something, that don't come out good. 
So what is he telling you? He's telling you, I'm looking for the good and the faithful servant. I'm not looking for that servant that sits in the corner and does nothing. And I'm not talking about you have to do what I think or you have to do what somebody else thinks. All you got to do is follow him. In the 92nd Psalm, I want you to hear this. It is good, first and second verse, it is good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises to thy name, O Most High. Listen to this. And to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning. I don't know what you understand about this, but I want you, I want you to hear this. It says, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. Listen to me, Christian. You've been, a, you've been a Christian for a while. Listen to what I'm telling you. Every morning, you ought to rise up and know that I'm loved by God. Oh, God. I heard a minister tell me one time he lost his wife. And he said to me, I just keep waiting, just thinking I'll go to sleep and I'll wake up in heaven. I'll be with her. But he said, all of a sudden, I wake up, and I realize I'm still here. So I get up and go about my father's business. And he said, I've learned I had to do that every day. Otherwise, I would surrender and just give up. I can't make it without her. I can't seem to do anything by myself. But can I tell you something? He wakes up with his loving kindness of his heavenly father upon his mind. He turns to him, whatever happens to you, whatever's going on in your life, listen to me, put him first. And then at night when you go to bed, listen to what I'm telling you, tell him how faithful he's been that day. Oh, God, you've been faithful again. You brought me through another day. I'm still a child of God today. Praise God. I rose up thinking on him and knowing that he has my day. He's my loving heavenly father. And then I go to bed at night knowing he's been faithful to me all day long. Praise God. You're loved. I don't know if you know it or not. I don't care what's going on in your home. I can't help what's going on in your family. I can't help what's going on in my family. But I've made up my mind. I am loved by him. And I'm going to be faithful to him. And I'm going to do it one day at a time. In the morning, I'm going to rise and I'm going to thank him. And then at night, I'm going to give him praise for his faithfulness to me. I can't tally up what I did that day, but I know what he has done. Praise God. 1 Corinthians says this. One verse, it says, 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, God is faithful by whom you were called, Paul said, unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. It's faithfulness of God that lets you be a Christian. It's the faithfulness of God that brought you into the fold, into the fellowship. You come here, and when they start singing a song, and then sometimes I look out, and certain people, sometimes, that ain't hardly ever gets up, all of a sudden, they can't help but rise up. She ain't in here, so I'm going to say it. Little McKenzie. Susie, I looked back here and her hands were thrown back and her eyes shut and she was praising God when they were singing that song. And I thought, oh God, our little children know when your presence is in the room. She knows where the praise goes. She knows. And I, have, I look at that and I think, oh God, 
Hold her, Lord, every day of her life. Keep her there. That she knows where the answer and the source of strength is. He is faithful. On down at verse in chapter 4 of Corinthians, verse 1. Let a man so account of us, Paul said, as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it, was re, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. I mean, here's what Paul's saying. Listen to me. It's accounted. If you want to work for God and you want to be a servant and you want to work with the gospel, guess what? God's going to count on you to be faithful. You have to be found faithful. Uh-oh. You mean I can't live half in the world, half out? God's looking for faithfulness. Some people can hold on to a lot of things. I know you got to work. I know you got to go through this life. But can I tell you something? You have to be found faithful following what he has given you to do. Don't set it aside. Don't excuse yourself. Align yourself with him and be faithful. On down at verse 16 of that 1 Corinthians 4 says, Wherefore I beseech you, be you followers of me, Paul said. For this cause I have sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord. Paul sent faithful people to witness to the churches. He looked at who he was sending. He didn't want to send anybody. He wanted to go himself. But when he was going to send somebody, he sent somebody that was faithful in the Lord. What is he faithful in the Lord for? Who shall bring in, you into remembrance of my ways which, is, which be in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. Listen to Ephesians 1. First chapter, first verse. This is kind of the start to Ephesians. And I want you to hear it. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Paul knew who he was writing to, didn't he? Let me tell you something. We got a lot of faithful people in this church. We got a lot of faithful people that do a lot of work that you don't see. You might see my face up here. You might see Sue and, and the singers, and you might see and say, oh, wow, boy, them, them people really dedicated. No, we're no different than any of you. We're just doing our part, but our part is to do what we have to do. And guess what? God knows what you're doing and how faithful you really are. He sees it. He knows who you are. When you faithfully come in here with your heart and your mind, wanting to come to praise his name, wanting the presence of God into this house. You want to see God save souls. You want to see his presence reach out and heal people and, and take care of the problems. Praise God. That's our God. That's who we serve. In 1 Thessalonians 5.14, talks about, Paul talks about uh, exhorting the brethren, warn them, warn them that are unruly and feeble-minded and weak and patient, 
be patient with all men, and see that none render evil for evil to any man, ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and unto men. And then he goes all the way down through rejoicing, evermore, pray without ceasing. He goes down through all these things, and then he says in 24, Faithful is he that called you who also will do it. How many knows God's faithful? God's faithful. If God called you to do it, God will do it in you. You don't understand. You might see yourself coming short, but he never sees you coming short. He sees what he's doing. I, Betty, I thought about you because Betty has been singing here for years. And I can tell you right now, Betty, my dad used to say, Betty's always ready. And you know what? I know it's kind of a comical thing to him, but it, the truth was, Betty was ready. And you know what? There's many times the enemy's tried to come to you, Betty, and said, oh, you can't sing no more. You're losing your voice. Oh, the allergies are going to bother you. Everything in the world will come against you as a singer. Can I tell you something? You got to make up your mind. I'm going to be faithful. I'll stand up here and somebody else can sing for me, but I'm going to move my mouth and I'm going to shout and praise because i got to be faithful to what God gave me. And when I see faithful people, I see people that has already talked to God about what they want to sing. They're already tuned in to what God is saying to them. And they're excited. They want to see God. I've seen my father stand here when he couldn't hardly speak. But he wanted to be faithful to what God had called him to do. And I want to tell you something. If you get saved, if you ain't saved and you get saved, make up your mind be faithful. Be faithful to him. He did all he can do to bring you to him. Be faithful to him. You won't know what he will do in your life. You have no idea the blessings and the grace he's going to bring, the, the mercy and the forgiveness that's going to come your way because you decided I'm going to be faithful to him. I may fail him many times, but I'm going to keep on walking that same road. I'm going to be faithful. God calls faithful people. I want to start with these names, and I want you to hear it. First one I thought of was Abraham. In Nehemiah 9, 7, and 8, you don't have to read it, but I'm telling you where it's at. It's Nehemiah 9, 7, and 8. But Nehemiah says, God found Abraham's heart faithful. Listen to what I'm saying. Now, I want you to think about this. God called Abraham, didn't he? You all have heard the story. God called Abraham to get out from among his own people. But why did God call him? Why? He saw in his heart something that you and I might have. You and I can have. If you decide I want to be faithful to you, God, Lord, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. Listen to me. Don't, don't toy with God. Don't tempt God. God wants to give you that faithful road. But he's looking for a faithfulness inside your heart. See, I think there's a difference here. Because I see people in the Bible that failed God greatly. King Saul failed God greatly. He's the first king. Can I tell you? He failed God. But God put him in there. God had pointed him out. But there was something when they wanted a king before their time. He gave him a king. But as soon as he got a, in a little position, in a little bit of uplifting position, all of a sudden he thought, I'll do it my way. It'll be okay. I'll do it part the way God wants to do it. 
And how many knows God removed him? But look at David. David had problems too. Did God remove him? No. You know why? Because he had a faithful heart. You know what God saw in David? Listen to me. God saw a shepherd boy out taking care of the sheep, his father's sheep. He saw a shepherd boy, and he saw him fight off a lion. He saw him fight off a bear. Why? He's protecting his father's sheep. How many knows God sees faithfulness there? Even before David was ever called, God sees a faithful person. So David failed, just like every one of us. We all fail. But if you have made up your mind, God, I really want to serve you with all my heart. I want to be faithful and true. I want to hear those words, enter thou good and faithful servant. How many knows God will lift you back up? I don't care what you fail him at. And he will set you back on that road. And he will put a light upon you. And you'll be salt to this earth. Hallelujah. What a God we serve. Who are we? Who are we? Sarah also, 11th chapter of Hebrew, 11th verse says, She received strength to conceive past her age. Why? Because she judged him faithful who had promised. Isn't that beautiful? I think that's beautiful. Sarah had her problems. Read back in, in Abraham and Sarah's life. Sarah had her doubts and, and all those things. She even laughed when the angel said she's going to have a child. But it says here, once she got it in her mind, she believed what God said. She judged him faithful. My God's able to do it. If he says he'll do it, he can do it. See, that's the way Abraham saw it. When he showed him all of them stars, Abraham got it in him. My God says he'll do it. And I'm going to believe him. And Abraham never saw that day appear. It came because we're part of Abraham's children. But here Abraham's just walking through life, listening to what God had promised. Elijah was faithful to speak for God against the sins in Israel. And I, I wanted to add him in there because I like the way Elijah stood up to Ahab. I like the way he said it ain't going to rain, and he held on to it, and God provided for it. God was faithful to him. But he was faithful to keep coming against Ahab. No matter what, when he saw the sin in the world, see, we got sin in our, in our nation. Are you going to back up and just tolerate and just ignore it? No, you better pray against it. And if you know what? If it takes a little rain, it's going to take a little rain. It took a dry spell for Israel because of what they were in. And it took the prophet of God that was listening to God to, to speak those words. In Ezekiel. Now, I like this one. Ezekiel 24, verse 15 through 18. I'm not going to read the scripture, but I'm going to read you what I wrote about it. It said, Ezekiel lost his wife. Listen to this. I don't know if you've heard this or not. He lost his wife and was told not to mourn publicly. Did you ever hear of this? Did you know he lost his wife 
And one night, and he'd been warning Israel and warning Israel for the sin that they had in, the, in their lives. That's why they were going into bondage. It's why. And there was still destruction coming upon Jerusalem. And there was the temple was going to be destroyed, which is God's presence with them. It's where God met the people and, and forgave them of their sins. All these warnings, he kept warning them. And guess what? His wife got sick and died one night, and God said, do not get up tomorrow and mourn for your wife. Don't go through the mourning period. I mean, here's what I'm saying. He said the seriousness of what's happening right now in Israel is too serious. And Ezekiel took, he took and got up the next day and went right back. And they knew his wife died. You think he didn't get some strange looks? It says it was the desire of his heart was his wife. You think he didn't love his wife? He loved her. But he was already committed to being faithful to the God that spoke to him. It was his whole life. It says here, not to mourn publicly, but to continue to warn Israel faithfully of the coming destruction of Jerusalem and the temple. Ezekiel was faithful. Now you know why he, he was called to do what he was doing. Listen, now you know why David was called to be who he was. Listen, God's looking for faithful people. You hear what I'm telling you? Faithfulness. Daniel was faithful to live by God's law and God's way. He refused to eat the king's meat. And he refused to bow to the idol of gold. Ken, he could just went along. Went along to get along, just like we do today. Just go ahead and get along. Don't, don't make no waves. But no, he's just a young man. But he refused to go along with this worship of a false god or eating the king's meat. And he got away with it. Why? Because he stood on God's principle, God's way. He was faithful to God. See, I think God's looking for faithful people, don't you? He's not looking for half in, half out. He's not looking for part of the way in. I praise God that you love to come here. And I praise God that you love to see the presence of God. But let me tell you something. God's looking past what we're doing here and he's looking at your heart. And he says, are you faithful to me? Because see, that's where God's going to fulfill your life. He's going to fulfill you when you make up your mind, I will be faithful. And you know what? Sometimes you got to be faithful when you see no light at the end of the tunnel. You don't see nothing happen the way you think it might happen. You don't see yourself doing what you really want to do. But if you be faithful over those few little things, God's going to work, work it in you. God's looking for faithfulness. The last one I want to bring up is, or the last two, is Paul first. And Paul was faithful. And it says, I think it's in uh, Ephesians, talks about him being a prisoner of love. He was a faithful prisoner of love. Paul did everything in the world to destroy the church. But here it says he was a faithful prisoner of love to the call of the Lord. Everywhere he went, he wanted them to know Jesus. I think about the shipwreck, and I think how that he was shipwrecked. He tried to tell them, don't go that way. He tried to tell them at the wrong time of the year. But they ended up, uh, all got spared, but the ship was, was destroyed. 
and they ended up on a little little island, Maltese Island or whatever it's called. They ended up on a little island, and they ended up crossing it and going on it, trying to trying to on his way to Rome. But how many knows when he got there, God did a great work in that little that little area. That little area wouldn't have known Jesus had not Paul come there. At when he did, how many knows God knows exactly where He's taking us? Sometimes don't look right. Uh, old shipwreck don't look right. The ship was in, in danger. And Paul was rejoicing on the boat. Why? Because he knew he had an appointment. And he didn't worry about that old storm. He didn't worry about that ship out of control. No, he said, I got an appointment in Rome. God already told me. Angel already come and told me. I'm going there. So I'm not worried. Are you worried? Are you worried about stuff that's just destroying your mind? I I don't like dentists. You know, not personally, but don't like sitting in their chair. And and I I really think I told my wife. I really thought maybe that's where I had these had this stroke in the back of my head because I was squeezing them arms because he didn't give me no Novocaine. And he told me, oh, it just take a minute. And he's got a hold of my tooth, and he's about to tear my head off. And he's got some boy with him that's come out of college that he's showing off for him or, or whatever he's doing. He's showing him how he does it. And he told me, well, you know, you, I can get this out so quick, you won't even worry. And I'm thinking, okay. And I'm trying to be tough. But my hands were as white as a, I had so much grip on it, I thought, sure, I'm going to break that chair off. The arms of that chair. And when I got done, and I got out of there, I thought to myself, all the way home, I don't even want to call my wife. She'll think I'm whining. I almost come to the place I thought I'm never going back there again. But you know what? The truth, I went through that and then found out down the road I had a stroke. I don't know if I had it there, but the only time I could think I was stretched out. So I put it all on him. (laughs) But I don't care what the enemy tries to do to me. See, I got to make up my mind. Because when my doctor, my heart doctor called me and he told me, he said, I told you to go get an MRI. And he said, yeah, I just took it yesterday. He said, well, I got the report. He said, I got good news and bad news. And I said, what's that? He said, well, the bad news, you've had two strokes. And I said, what? He said, yeah. But he said, the good news is it ain't done no damage. (laughs) And I said, well, praise God. So I'm I'm just the same as I was after he called as I was before. (laughs) Don't know why it happened. Don't know what happened. <laughs> but you know what? Maybe it did affect me. I don't know. I, I lost that ear but long before that, so I don't really know. Loss of hearing in one ear. But I'm not trying to whine about nothing. I'm just trying to tell you, you have to make up your mind. When God says you're done, you're done. But until God says that, I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission field. I ain't nobody, but I'm still on a mission field. And if it's only to be a mission to my my children and my grandchildren, I've got to walk this to the end. I've got to stay faithful. Faithful to what he called me to be and faithful to him. 
And if you can do that, I promise you God hears your cry. And he will work on everything you pray about, everything you call on him about. The other one that I wanted to mention was Lydia. Lydia was a seller of purple. Paul and Silas saw her as faithful to the Lord. And then she constrained them to stay there with them for a little bit. But I want you to know that it says right in that word, it says that Lydia, when Paul and them was, she was trying to get them to stay with them and teach them more. But Lydia, that seller of purple, she was serving God and he looked, they looked upon her and said, they saw her as faithful in the Lord. Praise God. You know what? You can see faithfulness on people. I see it on people. Yeah, I know you go through troubled times. I know you go through discouraging times. I know there's problems coming around every corner. But can you tell you something? God's calling his people to rise up and be faithful to him. He is coming back. It ain't going to be a story that we tell it coming. It's going to happen real soon. And we have to be faithful. He's coming back for the faithful. It says in Hebrew 3, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, that's you and me, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. You know, he's the leader. He's the one we follow. I, I, I love following Paul when I read him, but I don't follow Paul for my salvation. I follow, I follow what Christ. I follow my Savior. It was him that paid the price for me, for you. And I love what Paul has done and what God did in his life as an example. But he says here, talking about Christ, he was, it says verse 2, who was faithful to him that appointed him. How many knows Jesus was faithful to the Father? Boy, I tell you right now, he started as a young boy, 12 years old. And said, I must be about my father's business. He knew inside of him he had to be faithful to the call that he was sent there for. How many hears that? How many knows he was faithful? He never sinned once. He was tempted as you and I, but he never sinned. If he would have, he wouldn't be our savior. But he followed it through and he did not his will. He did the father's will all of his life. That's why when Sue read that, we ought to be cheering. We will be cheering someday. If you make it there, you'll be in that crowd that she's talking about, just worshiping the one that could take the scroll out of the hand and had the right to open up the seal and to read the judgment coming upon the wickedness of this world. We will be in his presence at that time. He says, for this man was counted worthy. Wait a minute. He says, before, he, after, before that, he says, who was faithful to him that appointed him, talking about Christ, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was accounted worthy of more glory than Moses, talking about Christ, as, inasmuch as he, hath, that he that hath built the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is built by some man. But he that built all things is God. 
for Moses verily was faithful in all of his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are. Listen to this. Christ that was faithful over his house, over his walk, we're in his house. I ain't talking about this building. We are in Christ. If you're in Christ, you're one of those that he's called to be in the faithful. So be faithful. So get back into your word. Get back into praying. Don't just pray a little prayer going out the door to work. Pray in the morning and pray at night. Thank him for the day he's going to give you and thank him for the day you just went through. And call him faithful that kept you that day. Because some of those days are going to have troubled times. Some of those days are going to bring a little rain. Some of them's going to bring a little heartache. Some of them's going to bring death. You know, you go to a few little Tim. I meant to mention little Tim. Tim Hasty. Me and Dave went over and Steve and Marcia, different ones, went over to see Rich Smith. Went over to, to the layout yesterday. He buried his father at 61 years old. That's young. And little Tim was standing there like a statue. Had his suit on and tie on. He's all dressed up. And his wife was just taking care of everything he needed. But I thought he's standing there. He, he was shaking. He was standing there trying to be a good soldier. 61 years old his father was. And I thought to myself, oh God, only you are faithful. We, everything we got is temporary. I'm sorry. I love you. I love my father and mother. But I couldn't hold them here. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't lay all my, all my uh, treasure at them. I have to lay it to one that's beat death. I have to lay it to one that's my Savior, my Lord. I'm in his house. I'm in him, not nobody else. Christ as his son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Come on back up, man. I got one more place I'm going to read. It's in the 24th chapter of Matthew. And I want you to hear it because this is the call. Listen to what I'm telling you. This is Jesus' words. And I want you to hear what he's saying to us. In verse 45 of the 24th chapter of Matthew. Jesus asked the question, Who then is faithful in a wise servant? Who then is a faithful person? Who is a faithful and wise servant? Whom his Lord had made him ruler over his, own, over his household to give them season. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he comes, shall find so doing. Uh-oh. I hope when he comes back, we're working on what God's put us to do. I hope it's the call in the heart of who we are. Hear what I'm telling you. Young or old, I don't care who you are. Get back to what God has given you to do. Do your call the best you know how. If you're a teacher or a singer, 
I got I got grandsons. They all come over Friday night, and they all got their guitars, and they're all out sing, uh, trying to play and sing, and they're doing beautiful. Shiloh and a bunch of them started singing, David. And I could just sit there and just listen. And I was listening to them, but I looked over, and, and uh, I get feeling sorry for Coda. I don't know why. The boy don't deserve no pity, but sometimes I feel sorry. He sits over there, and he knows three chords, and he just kept hitting them three chords. He knows how to hold three chords. He kept hitting them three chords. And I told Shirley when they left, I said, Coda wouldn't stop hitting them three chords. He wanted to feel like he was a part of, but he didn't know how to play. He just barely learned. And I couldn't help from grinning at him, but at the same time, I'm looking at him like, they can't sing what you're doing there, you know? And I felt sorry for him. And he's already made up his mind he can't sing good enough. Now he's making up his mind he can't learn the guitar. I know. But can I tell you something? There's a lot of us right here that sing. Probably the first few times we sung, somebody said, I hope that ain't your calling like that. You know? But can I tell you something? If you're faithful to it, it's God from your heart. God's speaking to you. You stay at it. You let what God put in you come out. And I, I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you, you know, I, I can't tell you your call. But I can tell you this. I've seen people, when they first started singing, they sounded a little rough. But then I've seen God do a work in them. And I've seen it just begin to bloom. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God just began to flow over. Their mistakes didn't matter because the presence of God was in them. Grant, I watched your father as a kid. I watched him. That's why I watched him mess up so many times. But when he messed up, he'd get the blessed, most blessed. He'd just start crying and he'd start singing it again until he'd get it right. But he kept on working. You know what? Why? It was in his heart. That's what God had called him to do. Praise God. Blessed is servant whom his Lord, when he comes, will find him doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over his goods. But, listen to this, but and if the evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delays his coming. Listen to what evil people, listen to what evil Christians do. Okay, I'll just say it the way I see it. I call them evil, he says evil servants, but I look at people that, all of a sudden, they don't want to. They don't want to do anything for God. They want to sit back and wait on the bus to come. And I'm going to tell you something. God's not. God's not pleased with that. Ain't what He called us for. But it says here, and if the evil servant shall say in his heart, "My Lord delays His coming," and sh- and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, uh oh, can't get along with nobody. Look out. You know what? When you back away from God and you ain't got your mind on it. Then all those problems come along. You begin to say, how come they don't got problems? Let me give them some of mine. Or let me give them my opinion about this. You know, we make problems. I mean, here's what I'm saying. Stay in alignment with what God's doing in you. To eat, drink, and to be drunken. It says, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looks not for him. And in an hour that he is not aware of. And shall cut him asunder, 
and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, I wish I didn't have to read you what that said. But the truth is, it's what God wrote. My Savior wrote that down. What is he doing? He's warning the church. He's warning us. Be faithful to what God gives you to do. God don't, he, he doesn't just love you. He loves you every day. He's trying to work a work in you. He's trying to bless you beyond anything you can do for yourself. He's going to do a supernatural work in you. And somebody will see it. When God's got you set on a pedestal for that reason. I remember when my sons, David and Timmy, were playing ball on the ball team, on the softball team. They were coming to church enough to make the team or to be able to play. But can I tell you something? They didn't want to live for God. They were running from God. But then Larry comes out there. Grant, he comes out there and he gets right in their faces. He's shaking their hand. Let's go pray with the other team. He just kept on pushing it. I noticed my son stepping back and just looking at me. This guy's really flipped out over there. He's gone off the end. But you know what? He was being faithful to what he was inside. He loved balls much as they did. But all of a sudden, Jesus became greater. And you know what? That was the answer to my prayer. It was the answer to Charlie's prayer. Because we were praying for our children. And we couldn't reach them. But God sent somebody to get right in their face and bring it back to their face. And it wasn't long they both got saved. And I thank God for it. I know it takes more than just one, but sometimes God's doing a great work. But we don't give him praise for what he's doing. I see God doing work today. I seen him working in my family the other night. And I praise God. Uh, you know what? I'm no better than you. I'm striving and praying and seeking for God to open the door, open the hearts of his children. Everybody stand if you will. I think the call is this. Lord, make me faithful. Make me a faithful servant, Lord. Whatever that takes, God, show me how I can be a faithful servant to you. Because that's the way you're going to to make you his child. You will be as important as me or anybody else in here because every one of us came to salvation the same way. We had to come to him. You don't know him. You come. The door is open to you. You're not coming to me. You're coming to this altar to give your heart to Christ. Be in him. That's what you need to be. While they sing, thing right this minute because he mentioned those that can't sing well I know where I stand Clint Isley said a man must know his limitations but you know what he's preached on faithfulness and this thing has been eating at my heart now for for months and I want to tell you a little story about about two people about two people 
first. I don't know the year, but there was a man who was watching TV way back in 68, 69 or 70. And Billy Graham came on and gave an invitation. And that man bowed down and gave his heart to God. And because of that faithfulness of that one man, a lot of, a lot of well, his kids are here, one of them is, they got saved. And then they started leading their kids. And then they started leading their kids. And then they got into the grandkids. That guy, his name was Dessel Huff. And then I'm going to tell you about another man, born June 27th, 19. Uh, back in 1927 but he got saved June the 6th 1954 and because of that very same man being faithful to what faithfulness has brought a lot of kids here that same man and uh, pardon me Jane if I say this that same man named his first three kids Jane Ruby and Vicki and then when he got saved he named them Tim Mark Sam and Becky Oh, this, this story is so great. Adam is here today. Little Dessel here today. Shiloh was young, not knowing what's going on. But he got saved. And when he was on his way home, he said he looked out the window. And the stars were waking at him. And the leaves on the trees were waving at him. All because of faithfulness. Two people. Timmy's saved today. Kids, very good. See, I know the story. Tim wasn't even born when he got saved. 27, Tim wasn't born until two years later. But I'm going to sing that. No, I'm going to attempt to sing that song this morning. Oh, what a song. I'm going to try this. Anybody wants to sing it that knows it? Oh, what a song. But it's because of faithfulness of two people that there's probably 60 people in here that are here today because of that very thing. Drift. So that, that was bad. On the muddy sea of sin, not knowing what fate waits for me. My family is gone. My friends have turned me down. I'm like a drifter on the sea. Hallelujah. Somewhere above, oh, sea of sin and shame, I heard a voice call my name. I knew it was the Savior. Well, it seems that in my life I could never win. I had been lost in a time. I was drifting far out in that old muddy sea. I was searching. Oh, Richard. 
Oh. 